Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Football. Energy drinks. Beer. More football. Welcome to Bink at Night. Welcome back to Bink at Night. Hope you're enjoying your Friday night. And to sit around and wait for Sunday night, right? Wait for those legs to carry underwood until you football is here. Julio Sanchez producing the operation, who's still reveling in Smithville winning a state title today. Yeah, buddy. Go Warriors. Jason Nivens, 99 The Rock, comes in as he does each and every Friday. However, Julio! He's not supposed to be here, right? He's on a leave. He he just had his kid, right? Yeah. Last Monday, the week of Thanksgiving, which worked out great because the oldest was off of school and, you know, it was already a shortened week to begin with. My wife gave birth a little after 3 a.m. Monday morning, uh, a little over eight pounds, a girl. It's late night. Congrats, man. Thank you. Thank you very much. Congratulations from everybody. Yeah. So, so basically, for those of you, for those of you that have ever had children, or, or women wise, or husbands whose spouses have had children, you know there's there's afterbirth that happens that goes up to possibly six weeks where she still bleeds to get everything out. Obviously, this is like science stuff here. TMI for so this you got to get pads. You got you got you have to run to the store and get her pads a lot, right? Because we did a home birth again, and so she's pretty much just been holed up in the bed for the last two weeks. So she didn't know you're here. And, and then I had we're out of we're out of uh, butt wipes for the baby, right? Yeah. So I said, hey, I'll. I'll you're I'll go it very uncomfortable. I'll go to Aldi. Okay. I'll go to Aldi and I'll get them because there's an Aldi right around so the corner. So instead of butt wipes, you come here. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna do both. So if you know my wife, <laughs> just don't let her know I came up here. Okay. Like just let's just. Keep I don't need it would be a visit or not. Just, 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 just keep it between us. And because I, I, you know, I. No wonder you took a picture, but you say, "Hey, look, butt wipes." Yeah, yeah, but yeah. So I was like, "Look, like, like, like." I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna tweet this out, Bank. I'm not gonna go live okay. on Facebook. But I, but I'm here. I mean, you 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 got what you went for. Yeah. You just happened to yeah. make a stop on the. It's first Fridays, notes, and right? so the highways are always crazy with yeah, Johnson County and, 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 and people lights. coming into downtown. I'm sure pretty busy on it. Yeah. Oh, first Friday. Yeah. And we talked to. We're brewing here at seven uh, thirty for two guys in a brewery. It's we're here, especially because we're having a spring-like day the last couple of few days. Sorry, polar bears, and uh, you know here we are. It's seventy degrees outside. And it kind of sucks. I mean, it's not what I expected. I mean, you, you, I you, love it. you come around, you, but you, you, you come around. The heater loves it. You come around these places and you're like, man, look at There's Christmas stuff everywhere. When is Christmas? Oh, it's in 23 days, 22 days, whatever it is. It's I'm like, forgetting the day, too. I was I, thinking the day's the fifth. I know. It's, <laughs> Sunday's the fifth. Today's the third. Okay. Yeah, we're good. All right. So, yeah, if you, if you know my wife, don't, don't let her know I'm up here. 
Okay. okay. Everyone, just keep it between. He's, he went to get bow wipes. We, we just just keep it between us gals. He's been off the rock, but <laughs> I, he shows up here. I have know, been off. For yeah. beer. We won't tell know. his boss either. It's fine. Yeah, we're just going to keep it quiet. And we'll just keep it quiet. Let's keep it on I'm going to duck out after we do this. Who thing. do you hate the most? You, you former St. Thomas Aquinas football player? Kansas City, you know, you've been here forever. So. Yeah, I remember. Who, who, who do you hate more? Because I'll ask you, Julio. And we do this every year because it, it, I think it does revolve. Like some of the answers, mine usually stays the same. The Raiders. I've always, I grew up with that era. And yeah. I believed in what Marty said. And I think sometimes those conversations I had on the football and barbecue podcast that we have on our 435 uh, podcast network here at 610, you sit down with like Mike Garrett and you hear the stories. You know, the Raiders already having their luggage packed to go to the Super Bowl before they played the Chiefs. Just the hatred. Yeah. Well, even though they're in Vegas now, which I think completely lost its luster than the Oakland Raiders, even though they had that cup of coffee in Los Angeles. Yeah. But I grew up that way, and I get it. Denver's been annoying because the previous seven, I know the Chiefs are on this 11-game winning streak against the Broncos. Yeah. But the previous seven, the Broncos owned. And you go back to the 90s when the Chiefs had those great teams. Like late 90s, it was 13-3. and three. The Broncos were 12-4, and four, but the Broncos were the team to go on and win the Super Bowl because the Chiefs just didn't get it done. But nobody says the Chargers. Like, I'm really <laughs> silly. like nobody says the Chargers. But no one says the Chargers. No, I think. And well, if you I, want to say it was the Patriots because you believe in the cyclical thing outside yeah. the AFC West, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll buy that we, too. We, but for talk, me at the Raider, what, what do you think? I think the Broncos. I think probably the Broncos because I think probably because you, at least, at least growing up in Kansas City, uh, I mean, it's a little different now on the West Side because in my neighborhood uh, on the Hill. A lot of Raiders fans up there, you know. I mean, there's a lot of Chiefs fans, but you still you still see quite a few Raiders fans. But where I grew up and the people I grew up around, it wasn't uncommon to come across a lot of like Broncos fans that were in your circle of friends. I, I think I had like one. I think I had one friend that was a Raiders guy, Dubes, uh, and like that. That was about it. Like like everyone else was Broncos and everyone else was Chiefs fans, but you come across some Broncos fans in your circle. And you so, certainly do in like so, Western so Kansas. You, right. And so yep. when you had the, 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 the success that you had, it felt like all the time with Elway. Yeah. You know, plus also too, I think, I think that, that, that the, the, a lot of Chiefs fans hatred for the Raiders. I don't think it held up uh, when Jackson, Bo Jackson became, a, became a Raider. Right, because you loved him with the Royals. Yeah, they like Bo. You love Bo Jackson. Still, it was devastating. Bo. Every, Who's you, Julio? If I said Raiders or Broncos, I see. I didn't. Or grow, Chargers. I didn't grow. Well, right. I didn't grow up here. Right. Okay. I, I didn't get here till 2003. All right. Well, so since 2003, I, I was the Broncos. Broncos. I was the Broncos era. So yeah, I, yeah. I have to say Broncos. Well, we all remember Troll Davis, right? Oh, sure. Yeah. For him late yeah. late 90s uh-huh. into his career around 2000, Hall of Famer. Troll Davis is on the seat out today about who he thinks his biggest rival was. Uh, probably the Raiders, and yeah. And not for the reasons um, that you might think in, in terms of like you know competitive, um, you know games. It's just I think it's just a deep hatred. <laughs> you know, um, I don't think there's any other team in in the National Football League outside, and even I mean, whether it's in the division or not, that Bronco Country hates more than Raider Nation. I mean, <laughs> so and then you know you go to the games and you guys heard the same same stories. I'm sure you know about. You know, the fan base and when they were in the Oakland and how as a player, you just I just hated to play there, man, because it was, you know, physically you're, you're getting things thrown at you during the game, things thrown at you, you know, whether it's before the game on the sideline. and They just have a, they just have a, a fan base that you just kind of love to hate. Yeah, it's really, I see, 
the throwing things at the players. Like, that's probably sure. not going to happen in Vegas. No. no. Now, First of all, those tickets no. are so expensive, we say. Yeah. And it's now, now I... I I, I don't know about Different you guys, and I don't I don't know if we talked. I can't remember the last time we talked. I think we talked post Raiders Chiefs, or, or, or we talked going into that that weekend. I don't know about you guys, but being being a person at home watching the game, obviously none of us went out to Vegas to watch that. It sure sounded and looked like that was not you know the black oh, hole. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, it's some Raiders fans. Season ticket I, and holder. I, and I, and it's I, never going to be. Was it you or was it Fesco talking about like you're going to start seeing more and more people make that annual trip? Oh, I, I think oh, it might have been Bob. We've talked about it too. Yeah. But the bottom line is, there was some fan Raiders season ticket holder. Yeah, look at the section. He was like holding his phone. Yeah, yeah. He was like showing all these cheese fam. Yeah, and he called them out. He says, "You guys are selling all your tickets. That's just going to happen." People have bought these as an investment. They're going to put them online. They're going to sell these tickets. My, my and other wife, fan my, bases are going to grab them. That's just the way it is. My wife and I have talked about doing that before with Chiefs Homes tickets. Just like, uh, That's like why. buying them and then being like, well, we can always sell them. That's why it's just like, a like, we got too much going on. We got too much going on right now. Like, but the former Broncos sideline reporter and current afternoon host in Denver with the fan joins us next. We'll ask him who he thinks his biggest rival is. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back to Bank at Night. Jay Binkley, Julio Sanchez, Jason Evans, 98.9. The Rock going out to Denver now to talk to Andy Lindhall, who will not be in the transfer portal. It's not going to happen unless the Broncos lose and Willie enter the transfer portal. It's only something interesting, Julio. But uh, Andy's come on with me for years. Like, ever since I've been in radio, he's been on. Because before, I was a caller to their show before I even did this, when I had, like, a regular job, and I'd go out to Colorado, and he was producing. Believe it or not, Andy's been doing a long time. He's on afternoons 2 to 6 with Crickman, Crickman and Lindhall on Altitude Sports. He joins us now. Andy, Terrell Davis came on our afternoon show. And you know Terrell Davis, uh, Bronco legend, and said that the Raiders were his biggest rival. What is yours? Oh, you know the answer to that. It's that team in red. Thank you. Because that's, that's the way I think a lot of people in Denver feel. Although, you know, Shanahan was pretty big on, on preaching not liking the Raiders, like Marty Schottenheimer did with the Chiefs for so many years. Well, you know the story behind that. I mean, again, Terrell's coach was Mike, and it's legendary how much Mike put emphasis on winning the Raider game because when Mike got fired by the Raiders at the end of a very short stint, Al did not pay him the rest of his money. Yeah. And so he owed Mike money. So it literally was personal. And when he came here, he was determined to, if he could, even embarrass Al Davis's team every shot that he got. Yeah, we don't like someone owes money. You know what I'm saying, I, Andy? I have never heard like that it. story. That is, that is, I mean, that uh, is, it that was is deep fascinating. And I grew up with, here's the thing. I, you know, I talked to all these old ex-chiefs all the time, you know, from the, from the from the late sixties, early seventies, they they had a hatred for the Raiders. Granted, but with Denver, it was the success that they had. Even you go back to, uh, you know, with Terrell Davis, the year Chiefs finished thirteen and three, and Broncos twelve and four was the Broncos beating the Chiefs in Arrowhead in the second round of the playoffs, fourteen and ten. Andy, do you have how good is this Broncos team to be sitting here? I like this roster, and I brought you on before, and I've said I like this roster for the Broncos even more than the Chargers. I think there's two things that can hold it back, and that's Fangio and Bridgewater. What says you? I mean, they're fine. I, I don't know. They're a tough watch, you know. I'm not going to lie. It's hard to watch. They don't. Here's the thing. If you want a good Bronco, if you want this 
team to be good and, and even be entertaining at times like they were against Dallas. They need to go with multiple tight end formations. They need to run the football. They need to dedicate themselves to that. They can't go three wide. They're not a three wide team. They don't block it up well. There's still work to do inside the offensive line. And look, man, Teddy's going to take for the most part what you give him. Teddy is not a dynamic playmaker, but if you get teams like what happened in Dallas, Dallas got so worried about the Bronco run, then you can use play action. He can throw it over the head. He, he delivered a couple of really nice passes in that Dallas game. But there were still times where, you know, that game was still, in, uh, you know, in doubt after the first half. And, you know, Dallas showed the Broncos zero respect and went for it a number of times. And we had a number of Bronco players say they took that very personally. Because, like, Dallas one time earlier in the game went for it at their own 40, basically saying, you're not scoring on us. And Yeah, that game I mean, was eye-opening. Yeah. Well, it was eye-opening more because I think the Cowboys aren't what everybody thought. They were. The Cowboys in the NFC yeah. is, again, the, the overrated division because of the major media markets all those teams are in. Right? Broncos are fine to answer your question. They're fine. They're maybe a playoff team if they do things right, and when they don't, they look awful. Andy, I, I was looking over your Twitter page, and I, I am kind of curious um, uh, if you can tell the audience here listening in Kansas City, your most annoying Broncos chief stat you've heard 97 times this week. Is it the 11-game losing streak? Is it Reed 19-3 and three after the bye? Or is it Denver 3-19 and 19 at Kansas City in December? Oh, man, that's good, Andy. <laughs> Tough choices because in Kansas City we live with, what's your favorite barbecue? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Jay, you're going to be cocky now, but, you know, look, look. The Broncos owned the Chiefs for a long time. It's just our turn it's to true. get the taste of it. It was seven you straight. Why the Broncos, you want to know why Terrell Davis wasn't worried about the Chiefs? They always beat him. We could go back. We could argue back to the days when yeah. Marty Schottenheimer seemed to make one stupid coaching decision a game that gave John just enough time to come back and beat you. I mean, you know, there was one game I remember. Do you remember Arthur Marshall? I'm sure you don't know what you heard of it. <laughs> Against Kansas I remember those games very well, but, but that doesn't answer that my question. People were leaving. Everybody was, that game was over. All right, what's the worst <laughs> question? What's the worst question? But anyway. What's the worst question? Because I've listened to a lot of the press conference of the Broncos, Andy, and they were asked about the 11 game. Von Miller used to be asked about it all the time. Obviously, he's gone. Now Justin Simmons seems to be the guy asked about it all the time. Um, Bradley Chubb's now in the mix. Fangio gets asked about it all the time. But what is the most annoying question these it's, guys it's get? The eleven game streak. Okay, dude. I've lived the eleven. Man, I was there. You know, it's been a Christmas getting rained on. Oh hell, it's, it's been a long time, man. Two thousand fifteen. I like your town. I like your town. I'll go eat some barbecue. I'll hit you. You know, I'll go hit your restaurant. I, yeah. I'm, I'm all for a trip to KC. But when you go on Christmas Eve, like I can't remember. I think we went to Arthur Bryant. Sure. It might have been Jack Stack, but we made it to one of them right before they closed, right? Oh. And then I had to go sit in the hotel all night. Oh. Uh, it felt like the Grinch is all the who's <laughs> and who's had their Christmas party. <laughs> and then you waited. You know, again, that was a game. I said it on the radio today. I knew that team had no shot. They knew that team had no shot. They lost the home game that year in 2016, a year after Manning's gone. When you guys were down, you came back, and you actually made that Denver defense look human because you came back in the late – part of the game and scored on him twice, which nobody had done going back to 2015, and that's when all this mess kind of started. The thing with Manning, when the Chiefs came and basically got Manning booed off the field in 2015, we all laughed about that. That didn't matter. We wouldn't raise a trophy that year, right? Yeah. Right. But the rest of the games have been, and, and you know, look, I have to tell you guys, you've enjoyed it. They're not even competitive a lot of the time. Yeah. They're not even competitive games. And look, man, listen to Chris Collins. Did you Chris Collins worth preview this game Sunday night? 
Chris Collinsworth was basically like, yeah, I don't know why we're moving it. Although he knows they want Patrick Mahomes on TV. But he gave no, like, all he did was talk about the Chiefs. He didn't even bother to give 10 seconds. To yeah, that's the, the part that worries me. And here's the thing, too, Andy. You see with Tim Patrick getting the extension, Cortland Sutton getting the extension. I love Javante Williams. I like <clears throat> Noah Fant and Albert O. I mean, this team's got talent. That's just offense. And then Patrick Sertan, of course, he's a beast. So I like their pieces. But I look at the Broncos, and I do love this roster. I'm not in love with the quarterback and the coach. And Fangio's a hell of a defensive mind. We know that. But, again, I think sometimes things pass them by a little bit. I think the Broncos would be scary with an offensive-minded head coach and a different quarterback. This is Bridgewater's you know, one-year deal. Could he be extended? Yes. What do you think happens? Do those two pieces come back next year? Because I can see the Broncos being a good football team, but they can't get pushed over the top unless those two pieces change. I just have a feeling only one of them is going to. Well, here's what's funny. You sound like my partner, Nate, who doesn't want fan. Look, the whole fan base, I asked the question earlier in the week, okay, because technically the Broncos are in this thing. The, the, the AFC is muddled. Uh, I don't know. You know, look, I'm not – I didn't predict them to go win in Kansas City. You know, some of the best Bronco teams ever won in Kansas City, right? That's why they're, they're the people that I hate. I don't, you know, the Raiders have been relative forever. Um, but – Look, most of the town, I ask, why don't you like this Broncos team? Because people don't. People are complaining about everything. Every win comes with a caveat. Now, maybe it's because they're educated football fans. Like I told you, man, this can be a tough team to watch, right? They got some ugly wins, some frustrating at times. Like, they beat the, the football team. They beat the old Washington team there earlier in the season. It was a horrible game to have to watch. And even though they won, nobody felt good about the fact that they won. Was, yeah, one, of those, know, one they, of those wins that feels... One of those wins that feels like a loss, huh? The they lose to the Eagles. Yeah. And that's what this team is. I think Fangio's a very good defensive mind. He's coaching. To, he's always challenging. You watch. It's probably having Monday versus a Sunday night. He's going to challenge something where everybody knows you're not winning that challenge. Yeah. Why is someone telling you not to challenge that thing? So I, I'm with you. I think ultimately they need a different head coach. Um, they need a new offensive coordinator for sure because the Broncos are 6-0 and when they run the ball over 30 times and 0-5 when they don't. Yet Shermer still tries to act like we're Kansas City junior here, which we're not. So knock it off, but he won't. You know, um, I, I'm looking, I'm, look, I, I'm kind of, you know, everyone, everyone here in Kansas City obviously wraps themselves up memory-wise in John Elway and obviously the Peyton Manning era of the Broncos. But looking over the history, I forgot about the Greasy era, the Plumber era, the Cutler era, Man. the Orton era. You know what, though? The Tebow time. I don't like him on Monday Night Football either, Andy. I, that's he was he was like throwing the bouquets at like Justin Herbert earlier the season. So the title goes to him. Well, what the hell, man? <laughs> I I look. You bring up so you guys realize Jake Plumber's Bronco career ended in Kansas City on Thanksgiving night. That's uh, a hell of a play-action game. That would have been the Cutler's rookie year. It was 2006, where everybody knew if Plummer didn't play well in that game, we were the nighttime matchup, and everybody knew if Adam Schefter was saying, if Plummer doesn't play well, Shanahan's switching to Cutler. That's exactly what he did. Team was 7-4 and four after that loss. Hmm. Still very much looking at a playoff spot. I still got friends from that Bronco team that are still angry at Mike that they didn't just ride it out with Plummer because they would have got into Now, they would have been a wild card. They probably don't do much, but... They'd have made it to the playoffs. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, man. It's like, you know, the bad karma started then. We did something right to get freaking Manning, but it feels like lately, like, and, and Bronco fans, look, I'll admit, 
we're here whining. There are so many teams that have it so more worse off than we do. I mean, we went through both uh, Elway and Manning before right. you guys were yeah. able to get Mahomes, right? right. Yeah. But Bronco fans are not used to this. And, you know, and I'll tell you, you know what really makes this all worse, guys? It's the ownership situation. We don't have an owner. And so even if they right. get a new coach, don't you got to get an owner before you get a yeah, coach? Yeah, they do. Who, who takes snaps like next year, Andy? Right now. Who takes snaps next year? Because the, the Sean Watson, remember those rumors? Are they still there? Aaron Rodgers, those, those rumors still there? Oh, yeah, trust me. First off, the Aaron Rodgers thing is going to be weird. Uh, I don't think he's going to leave because I don't know how you let Gutekun stay in Rodgers' leave. And it's not like yeah. he's pick where he wants to go. He got a little more freedom, but he's not a free agent. People got to remember that. Everyone wants to pick up, and, you know, there's some stuff about maybe they go after Russell Wilson. But, dude, that guy doesn't look right. I think, ultimately, George Payton has shown he drafts well. He comes from a draft and develop culture. They're going to probably trade up because they got extra picks from trading Vaughn. They got, they'll probably trade up, pick a young guy, try to develop him. I could see Bridgewater sticking around and tutor mm. the young guy. They'll be done with Drew Locke after this year, but I don't know who the coach is. What about Deshaun? Is that uh, thing cooled? No, well, yeah, because again, I mean, Jay, the guy might go to jail. You know, I, we don't know. Yeah, What's going on there. Yeah. I know. I don't. It's a tough if deal, Andy. Cleared, yeah, they'll go all in on him, but I don't know if the guy's going to be cleared. And you know, but with the Broncos hot and heavy with him, because it's like Broncos, Dolphins, that kind of thing. But I know the Broncos are always mentioned. Well, you got to understand, Jay. Uh, Kareem Jackson's the one that brought that up and got the yes, panel. Yes, right, yes, yes, yes. I don't know. I know. I know this. I know they had some conversations about Aaron Rodgers, and I know they told Houston, if you're trading him, call us. But you got to remember, there were a couple teams, I think it was both Carolina and the Jets, had those two picks last year. They had two picks in the first round, right? So yeah. I don't know if the Broncos win the Derby, ultimately, if the Derby ever happens. Hmm. Andy Lindholm, part of Crickman and Lindholm, afternoons 2-6, to six, Altitude Sports Radio. Andy's been a lifer out there. He's done Broncos sidelines. You name it, name. it's tradition for me to bring on Andy to talk Denver and Kansas City. It's been really weird. It's been a weird relationship because the Broncos are seven straight and the Chiefs 11 straight. So it's been really, and they both won a title in between. So uh, Andy, always good talking to you, my friend. Have a good weekend. You guys be good. Thanks, Andy. There you go, Andy Lindahl right there. Coming up next, though, it's two guys in a brewery. Yes! We get some beer, Border Brewing. Eric Martins, one of the OGs from back yeah. in the days with Beers with the Boys. It's got a brand new place now. Just open down the crossroads. We talk beer next. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. It's Friday, so crack one open with two guys in a brewery. On Bank at Night, here's Bink and Nivens from 98.9 The Rock. That's right, two guys in a brewery. Porter Brewing tonight, uh, near and dear to me and Nivens' heart, going back even when he and I used to do beers with the boys. On Fesco in the morning, ages ago. And one of our I think first... that I think that precedes not only my current baby that was born last Monday, but yeah. the one before that from three years ago. And one guy that came in that kind of left his day job to yeah. start a brewery. Yeah. he's yeah. one of the OGs of Kansas City. OG, yeah, because yeah, he was the first there. Then everybody else started. <laughs> brewing industry was just in its infancy. I, I, like, I like trendsetter. I like trendsetter. He was a trendsetter. I like a trendsetter. Eric Martin's right. Yeah. He opened Border, and they were going to be open every day. Then all of a sudden, he saw what happens when you saw the rush of people going to drink his beer. Mm-hmm. They drink him out. Mm-hmm. But now he went and opened a new place with the grand opening. It's down at the five twelve East Eighteenth Street, not very far in Red Sash. It's walking distance. Red Sash Brewing that we it's had on wa- a few wa- weeks ago. Remember the, uh, yeah. the former uh, guy, uh, guy from West Point? Yeah, developed beer in Afghanistan. 
Uh, he owns Red Sash now, which is Eric's old equipment in place. But Eric's just right around the corner. Eric Martin's owner of Border Brewing joins us now. What's up, Eric? How's it going, guys? Thanks for having me on. It's going good, my friend. You're the you're the old school guy, man. You sitting here when we had the beers back in yeah, 2015, no, man. No, thank it's you. Back in 2015. Th- Speaking of this Bronco hold streak, hold on, hold on. Thank you for coming on air with us, uh, schmucks. When we know that you have much more on your plate to handle first Friday's oh. grand reopening, <laughs> being the OG, as Bink points out. And here comes those annoying radio guys that are like, hey, man, we just want to get some free beers. Will you come on guest, air man? with us? He doesn't care. He doesn't care, he doesn't care about accolades. Well, I remember being down there on opening day. Wait, what'd you say? If I'm not mistaken, you, you did get some free beer. I hope you guys are enjoying you did. it. Oh, yeah, I'm nipping it right now. Yeah, <laughs> we're going we're gonna to talk about that. We have a couple of your special beers, yeah. your strawberry blonde beers, and your, and your sweater weather. Nippins, I've been token on this for quite some time, uh, my friend Eric. But, all right, so you you grew fast, right? So, so tell us, walk us through this. You had another job. You start a brewery. Uh, obviously, the demand—the <laughs> the demand probably exceeded your supply there in the beginning, because there was a yeah, lot definitely. of people that couldn't wait to try you out. Yeah, it's, I mean, man, it's it's crazy how much has changed over the last several years since we got started. But I was a chemical engineer, quit my day job to start a brewery, and we opened in February of 2015, and. Uh, it was us and Torn Label and Double Shift all about the same time that, that opened yep. kind of within a year there. But we were the first ones to have a tap room in the crossroads. And, OG. Yep. Um, since then, I think there are eight breweries. Uh, if, forgive me if I if I lost count of the number now because we've been yeah. afraid to get open the new location. But uh, all within walking distance down there. Yeah. So it's just really blown up. But, um, yeah, we were in. Uh, our old location where Red Sash has now moved in. We're excited that they're, you know, in the neighborhood now, too. But uh that that space we just outgrew pretty quickly and knew we were going to kind of try to expand and uh, as it turns out a building uh became available just a block down the road from us and we we had to pounce on it because it was just the right size for us is right down the street we got to stay in the neighborhood i mean it couldn't have been a better situation we're we're so excited that we get to grow a little bit, but especially that we get to grow and stay right there in the East Crossroads. Yeah, I mean, you guys are definitely the beer muta triangle, uh, I guess has been uh, appropriately dubbed uh, down there. We had Patrick on from Red Sash a couple few weeks ago and, uh, you know, had nothing but but appreciation and praise for, for everything you did to help get him going. Because basically, you just walked out of that building that you were in and just gave everything to him. I mean, obviously there was a business transaction, but, but I mean, for a guy, yeah. like, for a guy like him to come in and have everything at his disposal, I mean, there's obviously some some minor tweaks you do, just like when you buy a house, maybe you like change out the toilet or maybe you change out a front door or whatever. But like, you know, Patrick walked into the old spot where you were, and just everything was ready to go. It was all hooked up. All the all the yeah. the, the kinks have been yeah. ironed out. But now here you are. I mean, literally walking distance. What are you? Two blocks down? One block down? One, one block yeah. straight east of yeah. our old location on 18th Street, same side of the street. Well, I'm, a, and, uh, I'm a, yeah, I mean that. I'm a, I'm a, a I'm situation for us to be able to uh, step away from that spot and and, yeah. and let somebody else step in, and I, you know I think good for them too. But you know it just worked out. We didn't have to worry about moving that equipment or selling it to somebody out of town. They were able to step right in and be a part of the the, the Bermuda Triangle or the East yeah. Crossroads, however we want to call it, but. Um, so I think it worked out really well for both of us, and, and Patrick's a, a great guy, and I think I hope they're doing well. It seems like they're doing well over yep. there, and I wish them continued success. Well, I'm, I'm a downtown city. We live, family and I live over on the west side, and so I'm over in and around the crossroads all the time. I've seen you guys, you know, 
go through that growth, moving into the new spot of Blocktown. How much was it? How much was it? You know, hopping on the bike and riding it again that you've already done versus. Okay, here we go. Starting all over again from from scratch because you did yeah. have to outfit a whole new place to in, move in into. Big, yeah, big kettles yeah. Of beer. I mean, yeah. I mean, a whole it's much whole, different, much different. Yeah. Everything's different. Yeah, it, it, we we joke. It, it really felt like fifty fifty because on on some level it was like doing it all over again. Like, oh, we know exactly what we're doing, and then we're on this new equipment. Like, oh, we know exactly what we're doing. We start our first brew day, and then in the middle of the brew day, we look at each other like we have no idea what the heck <laughs> is, so. Uh, you know, it's a little bit, it's, it's a kind of a perfect mix of both. And honestly, that's, that kind of is what makes it exciting. I mean, if, if, you, if I felt like I was just clocking in and clocking out and doing the same thing every day and we were just kind of going through the motions, I think that's when it starts to get boring. And so, right. uh, this, this expansion and, and doing all this, it's, it's, it's been a lot of fun. It's, it's definitely, uh, kind of dredged up some, some fun memories of starting the first location that we come flooding back as you go through sort of those those parts of the process of starting or restarting a brewery. And so that's been really fun. But, uh, yeah, man, it's a great question because it's funny. We were just talking about that the other day. It's, it's kind of a 50-50 mix of, yeah, we know exactly what we're doing, and also we have no clue. <laughs> right. We're talking to Eric Martin's owner of uh, Border Brewing Company and Brewer, and they've just moved into a new spot. And he's been the old-school guy that uh, kind of started first, and then this whole wave came, and now we have beer <laughs> – you know, out in Blue Springs and Green Valley, and it's starting to really pop up in Johnson County it's as awesome. well. North Kansas City is just really growing uh, th- with I the think, beer I scene. Think, I think North Kansas City at one point really kind of had had the lead on on the breweries in town. Oh, they did for a while with Big Red, yeah, the Calibration, yeah. and the yeah. Center Block, and everybody had it. And I'm sure Eric spent some time out there, but Eric, you know, goes to Crosswords, created that Bermuda Triangle that yeah. we have down there with the Bermuda, excuse me. Then you got stockyards downtown and everything. What do you think, Eric? I mean, obviously you build it and you hope they come, but the brewers did start popping up. It's really the craft beer scene became different because you had the the old school breweries that you know tried to fight it for a while, and now all of a sudden they're buying the craft brewers. Yeah, no, and I mean, you know, first of all, like, got to give a quick shout out to John McDonald and Boulevard because they're the ones that really set it in Kansas City a long time ago yeah. before we even showed up. I mean, that guy took. Uh, to took a big risk, uh, it, you know, getting things started back then. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, my, my wife and I live uh, in the Western Auto Building, actually, downtown. Oh. We're familiar with the crossroads. They've been living down there for a while. I can see you Let's out of my out. bedroom window. <laughs> where I live, where, where I live, lives in a van down by the river. Where, where I where I live, we we when we go to sleep at night, we see the Western Auto yeah. sign. Wave Derek. Yeah, right. Yeah, I will, so I'll we wave you next time. The, we were familiar with the crossroads, and we. We would go out not just on first Fridays, but all the time, and, and so had a good feel for the neighborhood. Really felt like the crossroads were poised for something pretty cool, and uh, we're also developing a business plan to start a brewery, and felt like that would be a good fit. I had no idea that it was going to turn into what it has today, and I mean, it, I, I feel like we're still only just getting started. I mean, the the east side of the crossroads, especially, it's just it's booming. There's new stuff going every day. If you blink, you'll miss something. So. Uh, all the breweries and distilleries, and we got a, a winery too. It's just it's a, it's a great group. We're all really tight friends, and um, it's, it's it's an amazing business atmosphere. But it's also just a, an amazing community, and everybody's been so supportive of us and and us of them. It's it's really a cool spot to be. Why this building at five twelve East East Eighteenth Street, Eric? Obviously, you know you look at your pictures and you look at your place. You've got the same, some of the same elements with the brick, the concrete, obviously a much bigger place. And the beer kettles, much much different than the way you started. You you started small, and now you're at the big time uh, part right now. But 
just kind of why you wanted to stay exactly where you were, just not far at all. Yeah, no, we definitely wanted to stay in the neighborhood. I mean, we, we knew we needed to grow. It's just, you know, you're running a business. you got to grow it, and uh, that's that's what we want to do. But my top priority was to stay in the crossroads because of that community that I just talked about. I mean, it's, it's amazing to be down there. Um, our new spot is uh, about three times as big as the old one, uh, you know, between both the tap room and the, and the brew house side. Um, if you came to our old location, like it was pretty tight. It's it was awesome. Small. Love uh, it. Love it. So, uh, so my biggest fear with the new location, you know, or I guess the thing we, the biggest challenge that we wanted to accomplish was to keep that sort of intimate feel, mm-hmm. uh, with the new location with, even though it's a little bit bigger, uh, three times as big, you know, which is, is a big growth for us. So, um, I feel like we did a pretty good job of that. It, it, the, if you come into the staff room, it still feels cozy and kind of intimate. Uh, but not not maybe quite so cramped. And if you come in on a Saturday, hopefully you can still you can find a seat where that wasn't always the case at the old location. So, you know that 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 should be good for us. And uh, the brew house side, we were able to expand our production a little bit, um, looking to maybe get into distribution a little, but mostly focused on the tap room and just being able to serve people that that are coming in and, and have more seats for people. Hey, we're talking to Eric Martins, owner of uh, Border Brewing Company down on 512 East 18th Street. You want to follow him on uh, social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Border Brew Co. or borderbrewco.com. We come back. We'll talk about some of these beers. Eric was kind enough to, to bring us a couple of uh, growlers of beer. We'll talk about these beers and then what's in the future because obviously more room, more space, mm-hmm. you're going to have more beers. We'll talk beer with Eric next. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back to Two Guys at a Brewery Inside. Bank at Night, we'll get back to Chiefs and Broncos here in a minute. But it's Jay Binkley, Jason Nibbins, Nanny on the Rock, and Julio Sanchez. As we're talking to Eric Martins, one of the OG brewers in Kansas City, who's seen things expand so much so that he even built, or not built, but bought a new place about a block uh, away from his old place. And uh, Eric Martin's on the phone with us now, and we're about to talk beer because you brought some you brought some beers in, uh, Eric, which I greatly appreciate, and we've been enjoying them um, a lot. Strawberry Blonde you brought in, and the Sweater Weather you brought in. That's a brown ale. Like, Nibbins and I are big porter guys. As a matter of fact, your Campfire Porter is one of my first beers I Delicious. think I ever had at your place. It might have been on your grand opening. But Patio Pale Ale, that's one of your old school ones too, right? Like, you get, you've got some beers... Yep. Like your staples that you brought with you, but you've got a lot, a lot of room to do a lot of stuff. Yeah, we do. Uh, and it's funny you mentioned that the campfire porter. We're kegging that tomorrow. That's going to be our first batch of that mm. one in the new space. Yes, so we just missed it. I'll bring you some, Jay. Don't worry about oh, it. Oh man! Uh, but we, uh, we, uh, yeah, we're kind of rolling out. You know the the flagships, the greatest hits. I think you know we were shut down for about seven months as we were. Uh, moving over to the new location, so a lot of people excited to come back and have their favorite beer. And so we're kind of right now in the process of rolling through and and brewing those up. Uh, so the Campfire Porter will be released tomorrow. We'll have that back on. That's a Oak Age Porter. Uh, then we've got some other new beers that we're going to be coming out in the next weeks and months too. Um, we're going to be doing uh, the the ESB, which is just a English style extra extra special bitter, but we like to put our own little twist on it. We put it on nitro, and that one's been pretty popular. We like to kind of toy around with that that nitro tap, like the Guinness style pour tap. So nice. uh, that ESB will be back on too. And then 
We also have uh, one called a Philly Sour that's uh, something we experimented with right before we moved out of the old location that's a sour beer. But, you know, like everything we do, we try to kind of bridge the gap and not and, and make it so that uh, craft beer fans can like it. But also, if you've never tried craft beer or maybe never tried a sour, this is hopefully something you're going to dig, too. So it's a sour beer, but it's not super, super tart. It's, it's real palatable. You can have more than one of them if you want. Uh, so that's that's going to be coming up uh, as well here in the next in the not too distant future. With that, Eric, that leads me to my next question because as I was hearing you talk about, it made me think. And I, I ask every brewer this: it's that uh, being where we are in the Midwest, being where we are in Kansas City, there's a lot of uh, insert light beer drinkers here, and you know what I mean. Like it's it's just it's, yeah. just it's just what we it's it's been around for a long time. It became very in vogue, and that can be the um, the yard beers, that can be the standard big boy beers. But I look over your list here online. You got Strawberry Blonde, Ribbon Cutter, Patio Pale Ale, uh, Shifty IPA, Sweater Weather, and then Chocolate Milk Stout. If I'm a standard insert light beer guy who happens to go out with a, a wedding party or a graduation party or whatever the parties might be that bring you into the crossroads in downtown Kansas City area. Well, graduation, they could be 21. Man. You know what I'm talking about, yeah. though. You, you you go into these places. College graduation. Yeah, yeah, college graduation. <laughs> you know, uh, but you but you get into these places and it's like, oh, I'm just a light beer guy. What would you give them coming in uh, now that you know with the grand reopening and everything going on there? What would you give them to ease sure. them ease them in ease them in to kind of soften them up a little bit before you gave them you know something what? that just like punched them like a chocolate milk stout? You know, this is like my favorite part of the job is being able to have these conversations where somebody comes in and says, right. I drink light beer, or I don't drink beer, or I don't even like beer, and it's, it's almost like a challenge. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. What yeah. can we do to make this? Do you, do you have do you have children? Because I have a toddler, and this is exactly how the relationship with him and I is. <laughs> I have a one-year-old. Yeah. So, oh, get ready, uh, get ready, pal. The parenting thing, but yeah. yeah, I'm getting there. So, so you know, it's it's uh, that's that's like my favorite challenge, and um, so I always like to start it with a conversation of you know what do you like, what kind of flavors do you usually go for, what do you drink, that kind of stuff. But typically. Um, if you're a light beer drinker, the first thing I'm going to point you to is the Strawberry Blonde. It's sure. our top seller. It's light. Uh, it's got fresh strawberry in it. People always, people, like the number one question we get about that beer is like, man, it tastes so good. Why is it so good? It tastes just like strawberry. What's the secret? The secret strawberry. Like, we <laughs> real. It's in the name. And a lot of it. Yeah. And, and, uh, it's, and so that one's been very popular. It's, it's very fresh. It's not real sweet. Um, even though it is a fruit beer. Yeah, I'm drinking it right now, Eric, and the strawberry is not overpowering. You can definitely taste it, but it's a very – I'm with you on this. It's a very light mm-hmm. beer, a very drinkable, a mass consumption flavor, beer. Mm-hmm. But you don't, you don't feel like you're drinking soda or something. You yeah, know, right. It's super sugary. So, And that's really what we were going God. for on that one. I love strawberry and, uh, soda, but it gives me heartburn so bad. Just want to interject that right there, everyone. Sorry. Yeah, this beer doesn't do anything <laughs> to me. It makes, it's great. It's great. I'm drinking it. Yeah, sorry, Eric. Go on. <laughs> My bad. Glad to hear no, no, that's 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 a, usually that's the one we point people to, and then, you know, that's why uh, that's what I love about the tap room experience is that people can come in, we can have these conversations. Maybe if you'll get a flight, we can we can start to go. Okay, what do you like? What do you not? Maybe give you a little sample of something, and then and then go from there. And our goal is always, you know, if you come in and you say I hate beer, we want you to leave loving beer. If you come in and say I don't 
uh, normally drink beer. We want you to say the strawberry blonde is my new is my new favorite beer, my new favorite thing ever. That's that's kind of what we're going for, and we really try to cater especially to people who are new to the craft beer world. Right. You know, and see, you did bring up the word sours. We saw a lot of these breweries kind of having a sour because that became a popular it, it, beer. It definitely you know, became all the kids, in vogue. Well, yeah. the kids nowadays, I know my kids in college, you know, they drink seltzers. A lot of them do, even though she's trying yeah. to These whippersnappers and their showers. You know, back in my day, we just drink beer. You know what I mean? <laughs> now it's all seltzers and sours. And but it seems like I see more and more brewers, you know, kind of go in with the West Coast IPAs and stuff to get people used to them. But the sour market as well, Eric, how challenging is that to kind of, you know, throw one of those in? Still don't like sours. I, st- I, yeah, I started I mean, liking them more. Nah. Yes. Yeah, I mean, sours are... You know that they're they're kind of a hot new thing. You got like the hazy or New England IPA style that's hot as well. You know, and so there are always those trends, and I and I I think they change every year, every few years. And you know, as a brewery, it's it's easy to just go, okay, what's everybody else doing? Let's do that. But we like to try to at least go, okay, how can we put our own spin on it? How can we put our own twist on it? Or more importantly, how can we make sure that this an example of this style is going to be approachable for somebody that's never tried craft beer before. Cause a lot of people are like you, Jay, where they're like, I, I don't know how I feel about sours. So, you know, that's why, what, what I love about the Philly sour, it's the most approachable sour I think I've ever had. And so when we got this, uh, when we developed this beer, it's like, this is, this is exactly what borders about. So well, don't be afraid. Uh, we really like to tr- oh. Yeah, yeah. Bink yeah. over Bink over here likes the sours. I'm the one who's. Right, I'm, I'm, I'm a little curmudgeon. I'm a curmudgeon. Like now you do. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. I I I feel personally that IPAs are are, are a, a whole world different than sours. I know you, you learned to like them though. You didn't like them at first. You tried them. You started liking them. I did. I, you are, Just give them more of a chance. You are true, but you are at, you're accurate. It's much different than our porters. <laughs> I just these are the fun. These are the fun conversations I like to have because, right. like I said, the biggest challenge is somebody saying, I don't like that style. Like people say, I don't like an IPA. I said, try a ribbon cutter IPA because it's like a hazy with some raspberry and coriander just a little bit to kind of like, and, it, and it's very balanced, very approachable. And we have so many people that say, I don't like PAs, but I love the ribbon cutter. What's up with that? And I, so that's like my favorite, my yeah. favorite end to, the, to that conversation. Are you, are you on track in terms of like, uh, where you thought you you would be when you started down, you know, a block to the west, and now here you are, a block to the east, with a bigger facility and a bigger place and all that. Are you on track with your growth in, in terms of how you hoped it would be? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I, I, when we moved into that space, I think I always knew that there was going to be a next step for us. Okay. Right? I always hoped that there would be if right. things went well. So this is that next step. Um, you know, I don't know what, what where it goes from here, but. I'm excited that there are just a lot of things with that old space. It was great for us to get started. There are a lot of good things about that, but there are some limitations just size-wise with the, the physical space that right. now in this new location, it opens it up for more events. It opens it up for for just a lot more freedom with the creativity of things we can do with our beer, and so that's really exciting. And you and you guys are you guys are situated, if I understand correctly, right next to the Art Alley that's down there, right? Yeah, our, okay. our, the west wall of our building is yep. a wall. It's Art Alley. I mean, yep. that's, I know uh, exactly. That's pretty cool. Yep. Yeah. No. I, I, like I told you, man, I'm a I'm a downtown city, and I know that whole area. And I, but for the longest time, I was taking my 13 year old <clears throat> over to Lincoln Middle School, and I would come back along 18th Street, talking about that East sure. Crossroads development. I've seen, seen all that with Abbott Properties and everything. 
But I think what's going to be really interesting is hopefully that bridge, maybe it is the breweries that will bridge the gap between 18th and Vine and where you all are, especially with what's going on with uh, Vine Street Brewing opening up over on 20th and Vine to potentially see all of that yeah, sort of. Awesome. So, yeah, exactly. To see all that sort of kind of get filled in with business and residential and, and, and retail and maybe another couple couple of breweries smattered along the way. So well, it's old, be, man. They've, they've I mean, shot up since we It's there. there. Yeah. It's, it's there. It's right there. There's so well, much. That's potential for development. The neighborhood. That's yeah. what I love about the neighborhood, too, is it's, you know, there's breweries, there's distilleries, there's bars, there's restaurants, there's residential, there's retail. It's, it's truly like one of the more mixed-use areas of Kansas City, and that just makes it a lot of fun. Well, it's, it's a lot what, of different things going on at any time. It's what Kansas City used to have down in that area before a lot mm-hmm. of the, the suburbia explosion that happened across the nation. But, but, I mean, you look at all those old photos that pretty much it showed, like, churches and parks and synagogues and and playgrounds yeah. and all of yeah. these different things that were just all along everywhere and and it's it's nice to see it and it feels like something some part of that's coming back and that's that's exciting. i hope so really, yeah really exciting. i hope so yeah. yeah i hope so too well eric martins it's been fun seeing you guys you and your family grow border brewing company 512 east 18th street just one block east of your old location. You brought us some strawberry blonde, the sweater weather. We've enjoyed the brown ale, small amount of roasted date, cinnamon, Delicious. and vanilla. Nivens and I are Loving big uh, porter guys, but this is just fine right now. IPAs, the stouts on their website, they brew for you. It's a great place. It's old school. If you like Kansas City beer and the beer scene, go back to one of the guys that started it all, Eric Martins. Go see his place. It's a fantastic new place. And Eric, I can't thank you enough for the beer, the location. Love your stuff, man. We'll see you soon. Anytime. Thanks for having me on, guys. Appreciate it. There you go. Eric Martin's right there from Border Brewing Company. By the way, it was in Outlaw Cigar Brewing yesterday. You were. The cigar store now went into beer. That's where I was uh, yesterday. They have fine stogies there that pairs with the beer. And And see a future beers of the boys. Or not beers of the boys. A future (laughs) two guys in a brewery with with them going on here. But anyway, thanks to Eric Martin's. Fun seeing him grow. The growth and development. Of, you of know, them in the crossroads. I, th- I think I remember being down there with you on that grand reopening because my Hanson was there with us. Hanson and... was there. Oh yeah, old handsome handsome. And I remember I, how long the line was because he and, wasn't sure what he's going to have. And I don't, I don't know if it was my, if it was my girlfriend at the time or now my wife at the time. Like, like I don't remember. I don't know if we were. Which is the same person, but, right? But same, but I don't remember. I don't remember if we were married yet. Like how wh- how long ago was that? I don't know. He's supposed to be getting butt wipes. I'm, exactly, guys. Don't tell my wife that I'm out doing this because I'm supposed. I'm. Oh, got a text message. I'll just tell her I'm stuck at Aldi. Like it's you. Know, you know Aldi for you guys. That, for, 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 first of all, first of all, they they Aldi single handedly made the the quarter cool again, right? I love he, Aldi because he used to use a quarter to make a phone call, and then everyone got rid of the payphones. Evidently, there's a quarter shortage like everything right. else right now. But so. at Aldi, you gotta have you in your car. And you have all the change. You have the single quarter that you never use anywhere. And 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 you want all a cart, the, you need a quarter. All these single. I loved it during the pandemic when they're like, carts are free. All right, we're gonna open things up. Carts are free. Coming up next, Steve Spagnola did speak this week. I thought it was interesting. Some interesting things about Melvin Ingram. Plus, he says Legarius Sneed, as far as not corner, what's the other position? He dominates. We'll discuss that next. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.